Welcome to the practical podcast for technical people who want to start their own company. From founding to building your business, we're here to help. I'm Sean Hemel. And I'm Harris Kenny. This is the Hello Blink Show. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Hello Blink Show. Joining us today, we have Robert Wolf and Alessandro Grande. Both are from ARM, and they work on the technical marketing side that works with developers and helping people create cool stuff with ARM microcontrollers and microprocessors. One of the things that these two guys do is run a live stream, and that is the ARM Innovation Coffee. And that's weekly, right, guys? Oh, yeah, it is. So we, weekly, they do it. It's on YouTube. Check it out. Uh, it's a good time. They talk to a lot of people from around the industry, a lot of makers, a lot of professionals using ARM products and just cool stuff. They have a lot of good projects on there. So can you guys tell us the story behind this live stream? How did it get started? So Alessandro, real, real quick, I, I know I know you want to dive right into to, to some stuff, but I want to give a little bit of a, of, a, of a backlog or a little bit of a history, if that's okay. Um, I, I come from a company called Lenaro, and it was a, a big passion of mine several years ago to, to launch a live stream we called Open Hours. It's still running. It's still going on. And, and I did this for several years until eventually... Uh, moving to ARM. And once I got to ARM, of course, I've been friends with Alessandro for a long time. And having been very familiar with these live streams, uh, Alessandro came up with a genius idea. And this is where I'm going to kind of hand it over to Alessandro. We could talk more about open hours if we want later, but Alessandro came up with this genius idea and Alessandro, take it away. Yeah, no, th- thank you for that introduction. I mean, it's, uh, you know, you, you said it, my inspiration for for this live stream, right? Like you've been doing this for a while. And when you joined ARM, you know, I talked we should do this, right? Like we should actually make it official. We should do something together. And actually that was kind of in conjunction with uh, the lockdown happening. So like the big pandemic, right? That we're still in. And it was interesting because, you know, both me and Robert traveled a lot for work, uh, you know, a lot of conferences, a lot of events. And when that all stopped, we kind of found ourselves in a strange position, right? Because as developer evangelists, advocates, uh, we found ourselves without any developers to talk to, right? <laughs> and uh, we kind of um, had a talk and really um, decided to embrace the, the live stream idea. We initially actually kicked it off uh, on our personal channels. So it wasn't official until like three, four months down the line because, you know, as every big company, it takes a bit of time to actually get things moving internally. But we, we thought it was a good time to actually get started because of inability to actually connect and, and talk to developers. So yeah, it's, it got started on the 28th of April, 2020, actually. Yeah, almost a year. That's that's great. So was this one of those things you had to like go beg management? Like, look, guys, we're doing this on the side. Can you just make this an official thing that we do for ARM? Like, how did, how did that work with the higher ups? So I'll address this real quick. Back in 2020, I, I started at ARM I think it was what 2019 actually October 2019 okay and in 2020 of course the pandemic hits and we didn't have any of these channels so speaking to kind of Alessandro's point we had no developers to talk to we were usually out there meeting people on the field going to events you know shaking hands and listening to our developers so Alessandro comes up with this great idea he's like Robert let's do this live stream. We'll practice it on my personal YouTube channel. I'm like, this is awesome, but 
we need to kind of have the next step. Like, what's the next step? How do we move forward representing ARM and ARM developers? So the plans got into motion. We we, we started thinking, well, we need a, an ARM developer YouTube channel. These things didn't exist in 2020 or until 2020. And so, you know, we went through the motions. We spoke to our management. We made sure that we, you know, crossed all the T's, dotted all the I's. And eventually, we were fortunate enough to be given permission to launch an ARM software developer centric YouTube channel. At this point, this is when we kind of started transitioning everything over, creating our digital assets, making sure that we had all the graphics and things settled. Um, and so uh, this is exactly that moment. And I, was it in April, Alessandra? I can't remember when we, that was that when we transitioned from your personal channel to the, to the ARM channel? The first episode on the uh, ARM channel was actually on the 3rd of September, 2020. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so yeah. not a full year for ARM, but a full year for you guys. That's awesome. So walk us through a little bit. Uh, this is a bit of an exchange because you had me initially on the ARM Innovation channel as part of the Tiny ML, and then we spoke later. I was again on it for uh, to talk about marketing stuff in general, which was a lot of fun. So thank you guys for having me on. And so I invited you to be on this podcast. And part of the thing about seeing that whole setup that you guys had, I was super impressed with the live stream setup. So I'd like to learn a little bit about what you guys had, because if you watch any of the ARM Innovation Coffee videos, you'll see that like Robert and Alessandro will bring in comments from the YouTube channel and they'll appear. So even if you go back and watch it, you'll see, well, hey, we're going to talk about this comment because when we're on it and live as a guest, I couldn't see it. I don't have the YouTube channel open. Maybe I didn't, maybe I didn't, but I generally wasn't watching the comments, so I wasn't fielding those questions. So what do you guys use both like hardware, software to set up a good live stream experience like that? That's all Alessandro. Alessandro chose the the software that we use. So I'll let him kind of talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, um, it took a bit to like find the right software, but actually it got introduced to me by Massimo Banzi from Arduino. Actually, he was doing a live stream and he was using um, this software and he, he suggested it. And it was actually, it's, it's StreamYard. So it's a software that allows you to basically kind of simplify the the live stream, um, not have to worry about too much about the kind of details. Robert also uses OBS. Uh, I'll let him talk about that in a second, but this is kind of like an OBS for beginners, I, I want to say. But it's also good because we, me and Robert tend to run the live streams on our own, so we don't really have production behind the scenes. So effectively, uh, it's it's good to like have something that you can um, use to like quickly bring in guests or bring in comments or do things like that without having to worry too much about um, you know the, the difficulty or the intricacies of of the the software, right? And on top of that, you know, you mentioned there is obviously other hardware involved. We we both started with like, you know, webcams, effectively like simple webcams and uh, kind of simple microphones as well. I think we both upgraded the microphones before the webcam. You know, I've got a Samsung Meteor um, microphone and uh, Robert, I think you've got a Yeti X. Yep. But yeah, I just wanted to kind of like touch a little bit more on the StreamYard aspect because, I mean, this isn't a, a, a promotion for StreamYard or anything, but... Uh, they have really made our lives uh, a lot better. You know, if you think about kind of streaming software, a lot of streamers go with OBS. You can customize your templates, put all sorts of overlays in there um, and really customize the experience. But with StreamYard, they give you a kind of cookie cutter boilerplate uh, uh, suite of tools that you can use, uh, pre-made banners, uh, upload videos and do, do, do basically cut scenes and all these types of things that you can do. It's also directly linked 
to your YouTube and or your Twitter and or multiple other things that you can just directly link to that allow you to use that kind that the, the StreamYard chat boxes and all these different things to chat with your audience on YouTube, but it also allows you to just simply click a comment on YouTube and it pops right up on the screen. There's all different sorts of layouts you can play with. And this is where Alessandro was kind of touching on with regards to us not having anyone behind the scenes. When you go watch an innovation coffee, it's literally either Alessandro or I chatting to the guests, chatting to our viewers and bringing in these comments in real time. So we're clicking the buttons, putting those banners in it. In some cases, we're even like typing in the URLs really quickly to make sure we have that banner that we had forgotten. Right. So there's a lot happening behind the scenes and pretty much in real time as we are are doing our live streams. There is something interesting that uh, you brought up here, and that's the idea that it helps to have at least two people for these live streams. The couple of times I've done them, there's always been two people hosting, like somebody to help chat with the guests and then somebody else kind of managing comments, whether they're typing them in or bringing them on screen. And you two hand them off in such a seamless way that I don't know who's doing what at any given time. It always seems like I'm talking to both of you, even though I know one of you is managing kind of this pseudo tricaster like thing where you're like bringing in videos and bringing in comments and like the frames like dynamically move depending on who's talking and it's all well done and I have no idea which one of you is doing it so good to know it's probably Alessandro (laughs) managing that and you mentioned OBS so OBS is similar do you use both or you just use StreamYard in replacement of OBS so sorry I'm, I'm watching Alessandro to make sure that I'm not messing with the delay here So I use OBS to stream my camera feed into StreamYard. I can then play with my personal overlay. So like the camera that you're watching me on, I can actually change things on my particular screen. I can't change the entire view of StreamYard, but whatever my camera sees, I can overlay stuff onto my screen. And that kind of goes into a little bit more about like what my hardware setup is. So Alessandro and I, of course, we both have our three-point lighting. Um, We have our nice cameras. I think... Alessandro has the new Sony Alpha series. I run the uh, Sony Alpha 6000. Alessandro, you have the Sony Alpha what? 6400. Look, he beat me by 400. Um, we both have teleprompters now. Um, and uh, and then I have a, sh- a little stream deck here. So that allows me to directly tap into my OBS. So if I wanted to like bring up, you know, I could bring up little overlays dependent on what we're going to, what we're going to be talking about or who we're going to be talking with. I could have, you know, the logo of Arduino pop up above my head and do all sorts of crazy stuff like that. And then of course, you know, we have our, our nice microphones and, and uh, backgrounds to cater to, to the show, but yeah. So I'd like to get into where live stream fits in because this is a conversation I've had with many marketers and many people who who do sales marketing and it's like where does live stream fit in and you also see it a lot of times in marketing blogs or events that you know live streams the biggest thing and like it it you know affects how you show up in social media feeds so like like Facebook there's always like the live like so and so is live right now and they let you know and same with Twitter and Instagram and all these places um, they they seem to promote live as the big thing and I'm curious where you guys find that helps and how does that fit into the big arm marketing strategy right like how, like you went to your management you're like hey we want to run this live stream and they go okay this is how this plugs into the strategy like, how does that work for you guys in ARM? 
I think I'd like to start with uh, with a comment actually from last night, right? We 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 had our last uh, live stream last night uh, with Eben Upton actually, so we're lucky enough to, to have Eben and interview him. And there was a, there was one of our developers that has been following the live streams for a while that said, uh, you know, right at the beginning when everybody started chatting on the chat, he said it feels like a family reunion at each of these live streams, right? And I think that is a comment that kind of. Uh, summarizes the, the the idea behind why we're doing a live stream, right? It's about connecting us with people, but also people with each other, right? And I think that was a big thing for me. I, I thought, you know, it's not just about arm being connected, but it's also about creating a place where other people can connect with each other and like, you know, really give a chance to others to like speak to each other, ask questions, uh, you know, find out what other people are working on, what other people are doing. That's the beauty of, of being able to like do this every week, right? And have this, uh, this recurring uh, place for people to talk to each other. Robert, do you have anything to add? I'll add to that and uh, ama- amazing kind of summary there. Uh, it just only adding to that and, or if anything, complimenting it. Uh, it really is kind of a place where, or in particular, our live streams, we're not trying to just talk at you or talk to you. We're trying to talk with you and with the viewers. So, you know, we try to create a very welcoming experience, but at the same time, uh, always kind of humanizing uh, the the brand itself, right? So ARM, a lot of big companies, in fact, you know, you think about these big companies and where can I find these developer communities? Well, you can go talk on the forums and you can go uh, participate in some of these live chat channels like Slack or Discord. But in real time, you can come hang out with us and we want to be there to hang out with you. We're, we're not just there to, again, to just talk at you. We're there to kind of, you know, grow this, this family and grow this interactive space while simultaneously bringing on guests who want the same thing. They also want to meet you and talk with you and answer your questions and be a part of this. Building this base has just been amazing. By base, I mean the base community members who have been showing up almost every single week. It's been growing and I've just been thoroughly enjoying that experience, seeing these new people join and then continue joining and participating in the chat. And just sometimes they go on their own conversations while we're having our conversations. They go on a little (laughs) rant of their own and have their own conversations. And we just check in. We're like, wow, that's funny. Good comments. But yeah. Harris, I'd like to take a moment to talk about our sponsor, Twilio. They help startups. They work with startups because they were one. What can you tell us about that? Twilio helps you scale your company. So if you are building a business and you have this sort of version one of everything in mind, but eventually the idea is that you're going to have more customers and it's going to scale. And are these systems and this tech infrastructure that you build, are they going to withstand that scale? That's where Twilio Startups comes in. They've designed a program for pre-Series A startups, which is to say, you know, things are pretty early on. And you're looking to launch and scale your customer engagement strategy. For eligible founders, Twilio Startups provides credits, invites to events, access to resources, and access to a team that they have dedicated to helping startup businesses. Their products span a bunch of different areas from messaging and email marketing to verification, video, and more. If you're interested at all, you should definitely check it out because I think that myself, what I've seen is that these programs are excellent and they can make your life a lot easier helping you answer questions that you didn't even know that you had in the first place. If you want to learn more about this and other events and efforts that Twilio is doing, check out twill.io slash hello blink. I think you bring up a really, really good point about how to view live stream and where it 
fits into a marketing strategy. Years ago, the first few times I attempted a live stream, we we attempted to do something that was just like talk at a camera and do a project in real time. And I absolutely hated it. Every second of it. To me, it was just like, why can we not just do this as a pre-recorded thing, right? Like we're, we're making a project, just do it as a pre-recorded thing and edit it and put it on YouTube. And I think that missed the entire point of doing live. And that's exactly what you guys are talking about. Live needs to be a way to build a community. Like you said, it's not just, I'm going to shout something at a camera. If you're going to shout something at a camera, do it pre-recorded and edit it and make it nice and do all your good SEO stuff. Cause then that's how people are going to consume it. But I think having a community, building that community is part of part of the marketing funnel. And I don't think it's top of funnel. I think it's a layer or two down where people go, I want to engage with you. I may not be buying millions of dollars of ARM core, IP, whatever to make my next processor, but I want to engage with fun tech people and hang out on a weekly basis. And I think you're right. I think having a set time on a set day, weekly, monthly, whatever it is, having people join and you'll get this kind of community that will build. Adafruit's been really good about doing this. They have their uh, show and tell and and people come and hang out. They have Ask an Engineer. And the whole point is to build that community and answer questions live. I think if you're not doing that, you're not doing live right. Every now and then I see like a celebrity be like, oh, we're live at this concert and like, look at me. And like, that's kind of amusing because they probably have millions of followers anyway. But that's different than what you guys are talking about for, I think, community engagement and building a community. And that's where live can kind of fit in. And, and like, right, you can host a Slack channel, you can host Discord, you can host all these chat areas. But live's just another possible tool in that toolbox of that, you know, next layer down from like, okay, I've attracted you you know what we're about. You want to engage with us as a community. Come hang out with us on live. Does that does that, does that kind of make sense where I'm viewing this? Because I hated live. I hated doing live stuff. I think I completely agree. And I think, you know, it took us or it took me, you know, Robert has been, as we said earlier, he's been an expert or he's been doing this for a while, actually. So it took me a while. And, you know, I hated it at the beginning. I hated my voice. I hated seeing myself on camera. Uh, so it wasn't easy to like, you know, get started and, and, uh, and keep on doing it. Actually, you know, it was, it was a, fairly challenging at the beginning but i think what made me stick with it is effectively that the idea that or actually the the proof that actually these people watching every week are enjoying talking to each other talking to us and and you know the other point actually that we didn't touch on is the fact that you know arm is uh, you know arch an architecture that is basically everywhere right like everywhere there is electronics there is arm architecture somehow in it right and what's interesting is that we have a lot of partners and we were looking for a way to connect with all these different partners and connect these partners with our developers as well, right? Because there's a lot of value in in all these dif different people that are kind of building things, doing things, uh, building companies, uh, moving to the next big innovation. So it's it's quite interesting to also give a chance to these people to connect with the audience, but also vice versa, uh, have the developers connect with, with all these different diverse um, set of companies and people, right? Adding to that, uh, you know, back to kind of humanizing ARM, you know, when, when developers come across a problem or say a resource that they're looking for, or just in general want to be heard, uh, in a lot of ways, this particular consistency, the live stream consistency every week at this time, here's a place that you can go find developers 
and human beings that are in a way representing arm and you know evangelizing arm but also uh, advocating for the developers in this ecosystem you can basically find us and you can get a hold of arm i mean it's it's kind of like a new thing like you, you weren't able to do this 2 years ago with arm and now you can go find us and talk about developer related or developer centric topics you can bring things to the table and we as developer advocates, as the evangelists in this ecosystem, will make sure that you are heard. And I think that that's something that that just didn't exist. And I love getting feedback from from our community and and hearing about the things that we're doing right, but also the things that we're doing wrong. And this is a perfect forum for that, for our community to come in, share the things that they're interested in, and for us to also listen. And this is this is it's huge for us. Hey guys, so this has been a really good conversation. I've been doing a lot of listening because I don't have as much experience in this area. But I was curious what uh, each of you thought, and maybe Alessandro, we can start with you, about this new emerging real-time audio category of Clubhouse, Twitter Spaces, and it seems like a number of other platforms are introducing their own versions of real-time audio I'm curious, what do you think about that? Is that interesting to you? Not interesting? Is that it's sort of big picture and then zooming in for your audience if you think they are curious about those new platforms? Great question. It is definitely interesting, and there is a lot of uh, a lot of new platforms are coming out. You know, every day. Uh, just recently, Discord came out with with their own uh, version of this, and it, it's it's super interesting. I think the the challenge with all that is that uh, right now they're all or not all, I should say, some of them are limited to a certain uh, group of people. Um, so, you know, Discord, you have to be part of that Discord channel. The Clubhouse, you have to, to have an, an iPhone right now. Uh, so there's a lot of limitations I see with these with these different channels. But they're definitely interesting. And I think the fact that you can bring on guests, you know, people watching into the live stream or into the, let's call it the, the audio stream, uh, is super interesting, right? Because then it becomes, again, it becomes a conversation um, and it's uh, it's a conversation with just audio, but that's fine. I think it's it's still uh, super valuable. And actually, people might be less um, likely to be concerned or, or you know, um, perhaps, you know, scared of like appearing on camera, right? Like, I think there is one less challenge. You just need a microphone. You don't need a camera. Uh, so I think actually it's, it's more inclusive from that perspective. I think it's super interesting. As I said, one of the challenges is, the fact that none of these platforms have taken off um, to to a degree where you know similar to YouTube, and the other aspect is that the chat the different channels I feel have different type of communities. So, for example, Clubhouse is very big on marketing, cryptocurrencies, um, and not so big on tech right now. But you know that could change. So I'm really interested to see how these things evolve. And I. I- I second everything Alessandro said. Um, I may not be as excited as possibly him or maybe most people who have been participating in these. I have done a couple clubhouses. I find them somewhat missing something. I can't put my finger on it. I'm, I'm not going to say like, oh my gosh, they have these huge problems and then not offer a solution. Um, I don't know the solution, but I do feel that they're missing something. And I'll just give you, for example, like in a clubhouse as an example, you know, I've sat in some clubhouses and I've participated in some clubhouses. And when you participate, it's like, okay, great. I can talk, but there's no place for me to type something. There's no place for me to actually kind of like log anything or interact with the folks that are in the listening area, first of all. And then as a listener, I've heard a lot of feedback from people saying like, 
I'm, I'm listening, but what if I want to speak up? What if I want to say something? What if I don't want to say something, but comment on something? What if I want the speaker to address something in particular and they have no means to communicate anything? All they can do is raise their hand and be pulled into the chat. And so, you know, I feel that there is still some work to be done. I'm not saying I know the answer, but they do feel like it feels like there's just something missing and it could be something so minor that changes the entire experience. But with that minor change, it, it would definitely satisfy uh, my needs and more. Uh, but yeah, I mean, all in all, so far, those types of audio streams have been awesome. It enables anyone at any time to essentially spark up a conversation. And that's what happens on my phone all the time. I get a ping from Clubhouse saying, uh, hey, so-and-so is talking about this. Would you like to join? Or so-and-so invited you to this conversation. And I'm just like, oh, that's cool. Let me join that real quick and see what's going on. So another platform, another way to engage, always positive. Um, but yeah. That's a really good point about being able to engage from the audience perspective. And I think that's where a lot of live streaming comes into play and like why it's so good is because like anybody can join if you're like, oh, I can ask things of the people presenting in real time. Um, and you're right. Clubhouse is like, there's a bit of a queue. It's to me, it's kind of like Clubhouse is kind of like a panel at a conference is what it feels like to me. Right. I go there, I watch like five people chat about something possibly with prompted questions, possibly not. Hopefully it's fairly organic and fun. And then I can raise a hand and maybe ask a question is kind of what it feels like. Um, but it, like, you're right. It offers me a way to like do that any time of the day or spark up conversations. Um, hopefully they'll figure that out. Um, Cause I think, I think they're onto something with that. Like, Oh, I can drop in and out of, especially if like I'm stuck at home or working from home. Uh, that's really cool to be a part of. Um, just having that available at any time of the day. Um, I, I am one to turn off like every notification on my phone, except for like texting. So I don't, cause I hate notifications with a burning passion. Um, so I'm, I'm the opposite. I'm like, don't tell me that there's a conversation going on. Cause I will interrupt whatever I'm doing and go check it out. It'll be bad. So the last thing I want to touch on here is this idea of like, how do you, how do you measure success with the live stream events? And before we do that, I, I do want to point out something like, in order to answer that, I also want to ask the question, when would you suggest a company start doing live streaming? Because I've had I've had marketers tell me like, oh, yeah, when you're just like working on a project, just, you know, turn on the live stream. I'm like, I don't think people want to see what I do while I'm coding. I really don't. I know some people do it well. I know that like Twitch is a whole thing where you watch people play video games and they like ask questions and they just chat with you while they're playing video games. That's a whole thing. I've seen people do working on projects pretty well. It's not really for me. I, I don't want people to stare at me while I'm doing coding or something because I'm like, you're going to watch me go to like Stack Overflow and copy and paste code and tweak a variable. Awesome. <laughs> so I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, when would you say like, you should consider doing that for a live stream versus no, save it for something else. And then how do you measure success? Like, how do you start saying like, oh, this is working because we have X number of people engaging with us. Like, it's really hard to say like, so-and-so watched a live stream and they bought a product. That's really hard. But how do you say like, we're growing a community? So I, I don't know if that's two questions or just kind of one in there. Um, I think I'll, I'll throw it over to Alessandro first. To I think Alessandro was pointing at me to, to start this one off. Uh, were you pointing at me, Alessandro? I'm Sorry, sure. got it. <laughs> okay, so either way, I, I, I think- I think that uh, I think that you 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 made a good point here, right? Like people should avoid live streaming for live streaming's sake. If you're just going to live stream and you don't really have 
I guess, a reason to do it. You might get lucky and all of a sudden go viral or there might be just something about you that your, your chemistry and the way you interact with people might just be so perfect. It doesn't matter what you're doing during this live stream. It's going to be a hit. And there are people out there and that's, you know, that's how you know, some people get famous, right? I'm, I'm not saying that that's going to happen for everyone. It's possible, but I would personally avoid live streaming for live streaming's sake, right? Unless you truly enjoy it. To measure success, I look at two types of metrics. Um, so one is very easy to measure with regards to live streaming. Those are called awareness metrics. And the second business metrics, which you touched on, are a lot harder to quantify um, when you're talking about live streaming or just kind of pushing out this type of content in general. What, what I'll address first is the awareness metrics. Um, and with awareness metrics comes something that I call, and it's not just, I didn't coin this term, it's virtual ROI right? So virtual return on investment. What happens is Alessandro and I, we say we want to do a live stream. The live stream is going to be one hour long. But before that live stream, we of course have to send emails out to our guests. We have to write these emails, set up the calendar invites, have a possible dry run, discuss the stream, put together our agenda, get our questions ready. And the list goes on. So other time goes into this, right? So let's just say, for example, for a one hour live stream, Alessandra and I each put in an additional two hours. So that's five hours of time that Alessandra and I have put into creating this one hour long live stream. The virtual ROI on this is dependent on how many community hours we get back. And these are all under the awareness metrics. So if we do a one hour live stream and we get 100 people to watch that live stream for one hour, well, then that was a 50 X return on our five hour investment. So I look at that as a virtual return on investment. Five of my hours, two and a half of my hours, two and a half of Alessandro's hours were worth a hundred community hours. And thus we got a pretty hefty return. How could I use that return? And I don't mean it in the sense of like using the community in a negative way. I mean, use that return to motivate or influence or just get the community excited about things that they're already interested in. You got to remember, they're watching this live stream because they're already interested in the topic. And so sharing the right things, providing the right resources, um, motivating them to participate and collaborate in things that they may have not seen before and only came across because they joined the live stream. Well, now you get even more community hours contributed to this pot of virtual ROI because maybe now they joined the live stream. They watched it for an hour. They found this GitHub link about a project. They went there, they wrote some code, contributed to this GitHub. And now you got another five hours of, of, of community hours contributed into this virtual ROI. So when you're talking about returns, that's the way I kind of measure it. Business metrics require a lot more to track. Now, if you're going to try to log these business metrics, you need to have all sorts of things in place. When you're using your URLs, you need to use the right UTM tags. You need to make sure that you're following the path that these particular viewers take all the way to the point where they maybe purchase something, right? And I should add here... As ARM developer evangelists, as, as, as we do work in the ARM developer ecosystem, we're not really trying to, you know, let's say, get something from our developers like that. We're trying to work with our developers. Like, we don't, we don't want to just say like, hey, developer, go out, do that. We want to say, hey, developer, what can we do to help you? What can we do to work with you to get this done together? And I think that that's where, in a lot of ways, the developer evangelist what we do at arm is, is different than, than just 
influencing. We're not trying to just influence like a you like a like a influencer on YouTube or an influencer on Instagram where you know we get we get paid by some sponsor to do something. That's not how we work. We want to collaborate. We want to work together. We want to we want to listen and we want to interact and we want to work together. So uh, business metrics are are not necessarily what we're tracking. We want the awareness metrics and we want the developers to know that we're here to work together with them. Alessandro, did you want to add something? I talked for a long time there. Sorry. <laughs> no, that was great. I think, I think, you know, to add to your point, um, we are lucky in the sense that we are in a company that doesn't really re- request uh, or, you know, expect from us to uh, drive specific content or specific agendas or, you know, we're not trying to like uh, track down the developers watching the live stream. It, you know, it's all completely open on YouTube. So, you know, we're very lucky in that sense. But, you know, to your point, we we obviously have to show a return of investment. And, you know, to some extent, going back to your question, uh, Sean, you, you asked um, when should a company do it, right? Or think of doing it. I think, I think it boils down to, do you have things to give the audience like you have something to give the audience right and like this is to robert's point as well we're trying to like provide interesting content interesting guests and you know it goes back to my point previously like we we are lucky because we have a lot of partners a lot of people that we know in our ecosystem that are doing interesting things so it's all about like really displaying and showcasing what these fantastic people out there are doing right so we are fans of all these different people. And to that extent, like we expect other people to also enjoy and, and be fans of, of, of all these people, all these companies. And therefore, we're just providing this content to others, right? And I think, you know, so going back to your point, if you've got something to showcase, something to give, something to provide uh, to, the, to the audience you have, then go ahead and, and start, you know, building that audience and, and, uh, and perhaps like start with, uh, with a live stream. If you don't have that, if you're just trying to get someone to click on something or buy something or, um, you know, you're actually trying, trying to drive their behavior, then perhaps a live stream is not the right uh, tool for you at that point. That has been a really good answer from both of you. So I appreciate putting into perspective how you look at live stream. When is it a good tool for you to use and how do you measure success on it? So I thank you guys for helping me wrap my head around live stream because I had it left a bad taste in my mouth the first few times I tried it. Harris, is there anything else you want to ask before we wrap up here? No, I've just been here taking notes. I'm, I feel like I'm a, a listener of this episode. There's so much to learn and I have really no experience doing this. So I appreciate you uh, sharing. There's a, just a ton of notes and I've had clients that have asked about this before and now I don't have to pretend like I know. I can just say, hey, listen to Alessandro and Robert talk about it. <laughs> Anytime something new kind of hits the marketing sphere, I think marketers lose their minds and say, you have to do live stream. And you're like, it's one tool. And I think you need to step back and ask, is it the right tool? And it sounds like you guys have cultivated a really good community and using live streaming as the right tool for that, for driving engagement, right? You're not, you know, the possibility of getting 10,000 or 100,000 views is pretty low, but you're driving an engagement. You're not looking at top of funnel type of content. You're looking at the next level downwards. Like I want to engage on a personal level with these people because they want to be part of this community. So really good perspective there, guys. I want to thank both of you for taking the time out. Um, I, I understand that this, the day we're recording, this was a vacation. So thank you. Thank you to both of you for taking some time out to appear with Harris and I on the show and help give us some perspective on live stream. Thank you so much for for the time. Thank you. It was a pleasure to be here. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and share the show. Let us know what you think on Twitter at HelloBlinkShow. Find show notes at HelloBlinkShow.com. 
The Hello Blink Show is shared under a CC BY 4.0 license by Skalriza LLC and Kenny Consulting Group LLC. The intro and outro music is Routine by Amin Maxwell and is shared under a CC BY 3.0 license. This song can be found at soundcloud.com slash Amin Maxwell slash routine.